Hi, this is Lewis Black, and uh, you're listening to PF's tape recorder. I don't know how you got to be able to listen to it, but and, and that he even has a tape recorder at this point in our time is really extraordinary because there are better things for, to listen to stuff on. Hello there, I'm PF. This is my tape recorder. Coming up, it's Matthew Broussard. My, my agent called me and they gave me, got an offer for me to host this. It's, it's just one episode we did. Like, we got this offer for me to host the show for HCTV. I didn't even know who it was through, and they're like, we understand if you're not interested, we know it's a weird thing. I was like, I would love to be on HCTV. Been a while since we spoke to Matthew. A lot of changes in his life, all for the best, I can assure you. We'll hear all about that in a few minutes. We have a dumb bit coming up. Was going to do it on the controversy about the school students. They're actually from across the river here from where I am, over there in Covington, Kentucky. They're not actually from Covington. But um, anyway, maybe I'll do something on that next week if it's still a story at all. I want to do something a little more personal for you in the dumb bit. And uh, we'll get to that in a minute. Song of the Week is from Weezer. Speaking of controversy, uh, a lot of controversy over the new Weezer album, and we'll discuss that toward the end of the show when we hear the song of the week. But in the meantime, here is that aforementioned dumb bit. So as I said in the intro, I was going to do uh, a bit about the uh, the school kids from across the river and there in Covington, Kentucky. and uh, But instead, I decided to do a, a version of what we like to call what kind of nonsense is that? So my mom heard her back a couple of weeks ago, and she went to the hospital, then they had to take her over to a facility, which is kind of like a nursing home, only the wing she is in, it's a short-term stay, and it's for people that need um, physical therapy so she can get her back back in action and she can be walking on it again. And... Um, there was some debate about how long she would have to be there because of how badly her back was hurt. And uh, so I, I got a call from the facility yesterday. It's up in Cleveland. I'm down here in Cincinnati. They call and they say, hey, uh, good news. Your mom's going home on Monday, and the neighbor's going to pick her up. And I said, well, no, I'll, I'll drive up and I'll, and I'll collect her. But uh, they, <laughs> this is what they said. With, without any, any hesitancy, they said, yeah, uh, your mom's getting discharged on Monday because her insurance has run out. That's it. And then they said, oh, and by the way, she's walking okay. She's got a walker, and she can go about 100 feet. And uh, we're going to have some uh, arrange for uh, a home nurse to stop by and visit her. But that was the number one reason she's getting released is because her insurance ran out. Now, the GOP will go on all day long about why we shouldn't have Medicare for all, or as we like to call it, universal health care, like the other 24 top industrialized countries in the world have. Uh, we shouldn't have it because, uh, well, here's uh, home and uh, uh, health and Human Services Secretary Tom Price explaining on NBC uh, the GOP health plan uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, but what it will actually do is make it so that patients and families and doctors are going to be the ones in charge of health care and not Washington, D.C. So it's All right. So the trope here, of course, is that uh, we, we can't have universal health care because then, then the government's deciding uh, what kind of health care gets covered and who, who's getting what, what health care, which, of course, is a bunch of jive. Because if you go to Canada or England or France, you know what gets covered? Everything. Everything gets covered, OK? Everything is covered. No one's going bankrupt because they got hurt. If I got hurt and hurt my back had to be in a facility, they'd, my wife would have to wheel me out to the curb because that would be it. I, I have insurance. It's horrible. It's like not having insurance. So anyway, 
Uh, yeah, that's who's deciding that my mom gets to go home or my mom should go home. It's because the insurance company won't pay for it anymore. That's who's deciding, not the doctor. The doctor doesn't say, oh, your back's all better. You can, you can, you can walk just as well as you did uh, before you hurt your back. Nope, insurance company said, that's it, 21 days, see ya. So uh, it, all I can say is, what kind of nonsense is that? Matthew Broussard is a stand-up comedian who uh, originally was from, well, I'm not sure where. Maybe he'll remind us in the interview. But uh, he met his uh, new girlfriend in Austin, Texas. He talks about that. Then they moved from Los Angeles to New York together. Here now is our interview with Matthew Broussard. So, uh, guys, it's been about a year and a half, maybe two years since we spoke last, at least. So, uh, I think a good place to start would be what, what's new with you? What's new with me? Uh, I've been. I moved to New York City. I found a girlfriend. Uh, we're living together there. I uh, just got shoulder surgery, so I'm in a sling. Oh, my goodness. And, yeah, just living my life. I guess I've done. I can't remember last time. Where I was or what I'd done at that point. Well, I know I hadn't met my girlfriend yet. And, uh, yeah. So, okay, how are you? Good, good. Same old, same old here. Just talking to comedians and writing up interviews. But, uh, were, were you living in Los Angeles before? I was, yes. Okay. And I, uh, started getting my girlfriend who lives in, uh, at the time lived in Austin. So we did distance for a year and then moved together to New York. Okay. We meet in the middle. I see. Good place to test out the relationship. Okay, yeah. Going from not living in the same city to living together in the in the most stressful city in the world. <laughs> it's a little uh, a neutral site game, in other words. Exactly. Okay. So, uh, how long have you been in Los Angeles? I lived there. I think it's almost three, four years. Okay. And where'd you come from originally? I forget. Um, I, I studied comedy in Houston. That's and right, moved okay. Yeah, okay. From Houston. Gotcha. And then you met your wife, you were, what, doing comedy there in Austin, and you met her there, or were you there for some other reason? Girlfriend. No, we're not married yet. Uh, uh, we met, so I met her in Austin while I was living in L.A., uh, just through Instagram. Oh. Well, there you go. Yeah. New age. I was going to say, a digital romance for the 21st century. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So, uh, why the, did you, aside from the, the neutral site thing, was there a, a career interest in you going to New York? Is there you could, like, you could, you know, do the thing where you're doing more sets all the time, or was there some other draw to New York City? So it was just, I was, we were just, my, my girlfriend understands I could really only live in LA or New York, and I told her to look for jobs in both. I wasn't going to tell her which I preferred, and wherever she chose, I'd be there. Okay. Um, and she ended up finding a better job in New York, and I was hoping she would. She would choose here because at that point, career-wise, there was no reason for me to move. So I wanted an excuse to because I've always wanted to live in New York. I've always wanted to be a New York comic. Okay. And she met with it, and it's a dream. I never thought it would happen. I always fantasized about it. Uh, but it's so much... It's so much... Uh, the people are really passionate about what they do there because it's not big time. There's, LA's a lot of, like, dreams and all those big goals. And in, in New York, it's just so hard to get by that you typically focus more on the day-to-day. 
and that uh, that keeps you sane. Looking too far into the future can really, really drag you down. Yeah, I like a stunning, sad place. That's true. and it, and all everybody they you know it's either you know by just, you know certain degrees of separation. It's still kind of what they call a, a company town, you know, using the lingo from that one section of the L.A. Times where they talk about the, the entertainment industry. But even if you're not in the entertainment industry, you're not far removed from it. Where in New York, there is still a lot of that, yes, but it seems like there's more, I guess you say, people just in other completely unrelated there's industries. A lot of everything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's fun. It's still, it's, uh, I, I, it took me all to get used to the fact of, you know, meeting people in New York. And when I said I was a comedian, I'm, I'm so used to people, I said a comedian, people were like, yeah, 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 me too, bud. <laughs> and then in New York, they're like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> they, all their friends are in finance or tech. Oh, yeah, exactly. Uh, so are you able to, uh, you know, is it like you thought it was going to be? Are you doing like lots of sets every night or are you, you know, on stage yeah, most nights? It, it, it exceeded. I, I, I tried to lower my expectations and... For the first few months, it was good. It was it was it was exciting. It was more than I expected. And then I got passed to the comedy cellar, and that has just been it's so much stage time. It's such quality crowds. It's my favorite crowds, um, and I, I can write material a lot faster, so I can hit the road with stronger bits, newer bits that I used to be able to. Uh, you grow faster, and that's just been really exciting. So, so often, how often do you get to hit the road uh, these days? Are you in New York a lot still? Um, I'm gone a bit. I'm, I, I'm, I'm doing a lot of clubs right now for whatever reason. I think my agent did a good job this year. I'm doing five weekends in a row all over uh, right now. And then my strength is going up quickly. Uh, and clubs are great. It's, I, I, you know, I'm working on whatever whatever I do next, if it's special or album, and I'm uh, I'm closer than I thought I would be by this point to having all the material ready, and uh, you know, just want to want to show it to a lot of people, and uh, it, it's great. It's good the diversity of being able to promote. And New York can spoil you, so it's good to hit the road. Just New York crowds can be very, you know, upon whatever references, and you have a lot of inside material with New York crowds because oh, there's yeah. a lot to joke about with New York, and you got to go on the road to make sure you can talk about it in a way that everyone understands. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, do you find it, yeah. is it, is it uh, less stressful or do you miss kind of the grind of, you know, uh, being on stage every night in New York City and, and possibly going to the different clubs to just being in one town, going to the club, you know, from the hotel or the condo, whatever it is, and, and doing that? Or do you just kind of just welcome the break? I like being in New York. I like, I like the exhilarating creator doing multiple spots in a night. Going from place to place, the city, the city is magic, and I, I uh, the road gets lonely. Uh, I like it, but it it can be very taxing. You spend a lot of time just by yourself in your hotel room, being like, "I'm going to get stuff done today," and you do nothing. <laughs> you nap for no reason. And you you look around, you like search for food, and end up eating unhealthy things. So that part uh, is tough, but you make money, and. Uh, that's been good, and I've been uh, auditioning for more, you know, things to make some uh, headway with, you know, more acting roles. Uh, hosting a show for HGTV that's coming out soon. Oh, neat. Um I'm going to be on a CBS sitcom in a couple weeks. Oh, um, which one? It's called Fam. I think it's 
airs the premiere. It either airs last, last week or airs this week. Okay. Uh, starring uh, uh, Nina Dobrev and Tone Bell. Okay. I'm in, uh, I think, episode six. I'm in auditioning for everything I can this you know, pilot season. So you you said it was an, then, an HGTV show you mentioned first? Yeah, it's called Unreal Estate. We, we toured the country. We stopped by about seven different homes of people who, who live in, in places that they've made into really kind of crazy, interesting homes. Yeah. We visited a, a girl in uh, West Hollywood who has this very unassuming apartment. On the inside of it, she probably has about $100,000 worth of Barbie items. Completely customized place, pink carpets, pink walls, uh, everything down to the stovetop with Barbie. We went to a uh, an abandoned nuclear silo in Dover, Kansas, that a man is, you know, he drained out and turned into an underground mansion. Oh, my gosh. Uh, we, we went to a home in Longview, Texas, where uh, a guy made a wing of it into an exact replica of the Oval Office. We got to see really cool stuff. And uh, I don't know when that's coming out. Okay. It pushed back the release date. But that was, that was a cool thing I got to do this year. That sounds cool. It's weird because I, we yeah. just started yesterday back on an HGTV kick. I was at my daughter's orthodontist, and they had the Property Brothers on uh, without the sound, but I could see the subtitles. And I'm and like, I really like those guys. And, of course, we're big House Hunters fans. And my wife last night was like, let's, let's watch yeah. House Hunters. We hadn't watched it in months. And, uh, we're, and it's just amazing how many different permutations of show they can do and uh but i still love it yeah. <laughs> it's just so intriguing yeah it was it was weird when i got you know with, with no disrespect of any time when i got my my agents called me and they gave you got an offer for you to host this it's, it's just one episode we did like we got this offer for you to host the show for hctv i didn't even know who it was through and they're like we understand if you're not into shit we know it's a weird thing i was like i would love to be on hctv right because it's, it's a channel everyone watches no yes. one says they do, but it gets like it's one of the oh. best cable networks on right now because it's on at every dentist office in the country. Yes, it's on in the background of every Thanksgiving because it's the one network that won't make people fight over politics. I was just going to say they used to show Fox News at, at the orthodontist, and people must have complained <laughs> weirdly. Uh, but yeah, um, that's, yeah those are my favorite things going around the country. And when I'm in like different parts of the country, seeing which news they have on CNN or Fox News and like lobbies. Or like hotel gyms, that yeah. was very telling. Yeah, it is. It is where you are regionally. I'm always fascinated by that. I guess I was reading somewhere uh, on yeah, I must have seen this on Facebook or Twitter or something where, and this this might just be one of those semi-urban legends, but people guys will say, oh, I, I asked for, that, for the remote so I can put on the ball game, but secretly I I put the parental block on Fox News, and uh, it's, it's pretty hilarious <laughs> if it's true, but I don't know. Yeah, it's it's up to my flight southwest a lot, and they offer both CNN and Fox News streaming while they're on. I'm walking down the aisle, just seeing who's watching what. Oh, okay. oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. My mom uh, is a teacher, and she started watching Fox News, and it lasted for about three weeks until they started saying we need to take away all the teachers' pensions. And at that point, she was off the train. She was like, "Wait a second. <laughs> But she she was full in for like three weeks. She was like, you know, this is making a lot of sense all of a sudden. And then and they're like, and teachers' pension. She's like, whoops, <laughs> you can go. Well, it's a valley too far. They offered me a show, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. No, oh, true. Yeah. I, I'm, oh, I know a lot of guys that like uh, Paul Mercurio. He's um, a talking head on there a lot, and you know, he's not. Yeah, I've been on it actually. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. And uh, I guess the the Gutfield show is the one that draws a lot of comedians and stuff like that. It's oh yeah, if you can you know, go on and make a couple of bucks, I am mad at you. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Uh, 
Um, so you're still doing the Monday Punday thing. I uh, haven't seen one pop up in a while, though. It's weird. They, they pop up periodically, and then they, they don't. I don't know if it's just the Facebook algorithm, or because I always try to figure them out and like them, but um, I haven't been seeing too many. Are you still doing those, like regularly? I am. I do one. I still put up one every Monday. Okay. Yeah. Um, they are, uh, yeah, one, one week at a time, not as many ideas as I used to have. So it's like kind of... I used to do like six months at a time, just sit and draw every, you know, like once a week and just pound through. But now, like, I don't know if I have many good ideas left. Well, since you're traveling more, though, to things like since you're getting exposed to different things or and, and, and things people are saying, does that kind of help, uh, you know, spark ideas? Always, actually. Yeah, that's a great thing. Being in the same environment for too long, I don't have ideas. When I'm in different places, different things just spark up. Uh, it's, I'm always, I always used to notice when I travel, I come back with more ideas than when I did the same thing. If I go out to a new place, I typically have something new. And same with jokes. Just being in different environments stimulates more creativity. It turns, our, it turns on parts of the brain that aren't active. And do you find that there's like different uh, maybe things that you're getting exposed to like culturally that maybe you wouldn't? I mean, of course, New York City is kind of the epicenter, and it's a big, great big melting pot of cultures. But there's, there's still things out there. I disagree with that. You think okay. it's so? It's it is still its own thing, and it's it is good to go other places and see other things. It definitely definitely makes you realize how different experiences can be. How similar people are, but how different worlds you can live in. Interesting. Hmm. So, like, what's the biggest difference? I always in... like. You always like what? There's so many differences. It's so many differences. There's a. There's a uniformity of, uh, of especially political beliefs in New York City that can spoil you when you're on the road. You can you can you, you forget and you go on the road and you realize a joke you think is pretty agreeable is actually very divisive. And though I, I'm I'm pretty strong in my political views, I don't think you should have to share mine to enjoy my comedy. Um, so I, I try to write an act that can work for people who, who disagree with me. That that. That's a challenge I try to live up to. Yeah, and I, I think that also kind of you, you know the true comedy fans. Like you're going to be in Minneapolis, which is a good comedy town, and uh, you know we have a, a good club here in Cincinnati and things like that. And you, you know, if you can make a good joke about the side I'm on, great. You know, if it's a good joke, but you know, that's and that's what you can tell. I guess where we have the the real comedy fans versus people who are just oh let's go see a comedy show. And I'm, I'm at the point where most of the people in the audience at any given show have not heard of me. Or they're because they're, you know, fans of the club. Or maybe they've seen a clip on Facebook, but it's not people who, uh, yeah, I'm still winning over strangers on any given night. And is that, you think that's a different dynamic? Yeah. And do you think that kind of like, you know, once you become known or I know, you know, like some guys will, even if they're not household names, they still go to a certain city every year and people expect, we have a couple guys here that we get every year that people look forward to seeing, but they may not be household names. Do you think that kind of um, maybe affects the direction of the comedy or, or is it just, you know, the audience is still pretty much the audience? I guess I, I don't know. I don't know what it's like to have your own crowd. Um, I, my, my favorite comedians are the ones who don't rely on having their own crowd, even when they do. That each special is an attempt to win over new fans. Well, um, not relying on, you know, background knowledge or, you know, sharing one ideology. Yeah. Or even winning over new fans, I guess, when you put it that way. Yeah. 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 
Oh yeah, yeah. My um, my girls run a big John Mulaney kick lately. Holy cow! He's so good. Yeah, yeah. I didn't really know much about him because um, well, it's weird because even though I interview comedians for two different cities, there still seems to be a certain. I tend to talk to the same folks a lot, or they know the other folks that I've spoken to, and I try to pitch stories out in like in Denver and Phoenix, and I look at the com- comedians coming there. I've never heard of any of these people. This is the weirdest thing. It still seems to be kind of compartmentalized and regionalized, and I, th- I think clubs need to do more to, you know, maybe not bring the same guys every year or same guys and gals. And, oh, goodness. Yeah, there's a lot of, there's just a lot of comedians. Yeah. Uh, Up there, lose you. Oh yeah, yeah. You, Can you uh, hear me? Yeah, you winked out for a second. We were talking about how many yeah. comedians there uh, were, and um, and it went from there. So, what are the things, uh, other vehicles that you have for your comedy? You haven't uh, tried yet that you want to. I know you said you're doing more acting, and you're still doing the the Monday Punday thing. Anything else that you want to kind of use as a vehicle for your comedy? Trying to figure that out. Uh, I'm at a crossroads right now because I was working on something that didn't happen, and I have to. I will be, but um. But see, sorry. Glitch. There we go. Um, always trying to work on you know whatever. Uh, trying to work on the, the that I have so many like science and medical jokes. Maybe always you know trying to tie it into that whether it's. Uh, touring with crowds who can, you know, specifically that material appeals to, or maybe some show down the line. But I'm working on different stuff. We're going to some silly scripted stuff with a friend. Can you hear me? Yeah, I kept winking out. Usually you do some silly stuff with a friend, and then it winked out. Yeah, trying to, I try to always do more with science and, and medicine and, and, and that kind of stuff. Those are good topics to explore. You only really hear a lot of uh, a comedy about then, probably too because the fact of where we are with the current events and people kind of feel compelled to talk about that stuff at least a little bit and uh, yeah, and stay away from, from the other nice things. Nice to hear anything that's not politics at the moment. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's such a it, yeah, it's such a relief. That's it's weird that it's you know how crazy things are. I've like really like my Facebook ranting. I've dialed back a lot. Like I'll, I'll go to comment on something and I'll be like, eh, nah, backspace, backspace, backspace. <laughs> no, yeah. not worth it. Trying to send less on social media. Trying to read less news. Yeah. Well, the news I still try to follow, but yeah, the interacting with people. Uh, unless I can come up with a good joke or something, which is rare. Uh, I'll just be like, okay, well, this guy think this person thinks this, and you turn off notifications for this post. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot to drag you down. That was my resolution is to stay away from all that. Yeah, that's a good. Is that how's it? Well, I know we're only a couple of days into the new year, but is that, is that working out so far? Or are you missing it? Do you still have to kind of push down the? Yeah, urge? I've so quickly felt at all my resolutions this year. I think I made too many, <laughs> and. uh yeah, I'm not meditating every day like I said I would. I'm not. I'm just. I was trying to do a, a second a day video. Failed at that. Trying to eat right. Not doing that. Uh, I can't really exercise because my shoulder. But oh yeah, so. yeah, yeah. We can't really fail at that. That's that's not my fault at least. True. True. 
Yeah, we try to do the uh, eating right and, and uh, you know, being active more. And, of course, we bought a bunch of candy at 90% off from Christmas. And so that <laughs> torpedoed that. But, yeah. Uh, well, cool, man. Glad everything's going well for you. Um, are you out on the road now or are you in New York City? I'm in uh, Fort Worth. Fort Worth. There you go. All right. Um, followed by Indianapolis, followed by Minneapolis, followed by um, Fort Myers. Okay, so you're back in Florida. Is is Texas your home state originally, or did you just live in Houston for a long time? I don't. We probably discussed that on the. Uh, when time. I was young, I, I grew up in Corpus Christi in Atlanta. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hot Atlanta, love Atlanta. Um, yeah. Cool. Well, so what do you consider yourself? Uh, a, a Texan or a, a Georgian or? A... Both. Both. Okay. I'm yeah. not signing both. You know, high school in Atlanta, so I can always claim Atlanta. I've been 17 years in Texas. Otherwise, awesome. But I, I like to represent. I, I like to claim that I, I I'm a Houston comic. That's right. I started okay. comedy, and that was you know instrumental in why I do comedy and how I do comedy. And that's that's your comedy home. Yeah, and I, it's a great city. That it gets a lot of crap. That I, I I think people need to check it out and realize that it's, it's popping. Yeah, I feel it's overpriced, so all that culture has to go somewhere. Yeah, I feel Atlanta gets uh, a, a, a bad rep sometimes, and um, in Atlanta, I've never had yeah. nothing but great great experiences in Atlanta. We, my youngest, we, her for spring break, she wanted to go to Atlanta and look at all the uh, filming locations for Stranger Things. So we did that, and we had a blast. And everybody is so nice. Yeah, it's a cool town. It is. It's it's an awesome town. Um, and I can Houston, say I can say Houston's cool, but Atlanta's way cooler. Atlanta just has such interesting. It's it's. Such a diverse culture. Yeah, I've only driven through Houston and stopped there to get a burger. I think once at one of the Water Burgers off of the Loop Freeway there, and that's about the only time I've ever spent <laughs> in Houston. But I would like to certainly like to check it out. It's um, you know fascinating, fascinating history, especially with the sports teams and, and things like that, and how it kind of came to be a major league city and all that. So um, yeah, yeah. Well, great, man. Uh, good luck to you. Have uh, fun there in Fort Worth, and uh, we look forward to getting you here in Cincinnati sometime as well. And uh, and you know, have fun up in Minneapolis too. And um, and thanks for taking thanks. time. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Matt. Bye bye. Thanks again to Matthew Broussard for being on the show. You can catch Matthew February 1st, let me see, at uh, the Laugh-In Comedy Cafe in Fort Myers. He's there actually uh, Friday and Saturday, and then he's going uh, February 6th. There'll be uh, comics you should know at the Improv Asylum. I'm not sure where that is at, but uh, for all of your Matthew Broussard needs, go to mondaypunday.com, all one word. And that comes from, uh, he does these little drawings. That little drawing sounds kind of so. <laughs> he does these cool drawings that are actually puns, and you can subscribe to them. I think on Facebook. Uh, if you go to MondayPunday.com, uh, he has all the details from. They're really a lot of fun if you like puzzles and things like that. They're very clever. So uh, we've come to the song of the week. Oh, usual plugs. Uh, Nearly Liza. Sorry, no new videos. Check Check Hayes blog. Sorry, no new blogs. But again, maybe as they. Uh, although uh, uh, Nearly Liza. Uh, all A's this semester in school. So again, I'd rather have her doing that than making videos, but um, uh, I'll keep you posted if there's new content uh, on any of those platforms. All right, so now we come to the song of the week. Uh, a lot of controversy. Uh, Weezer released the Blue Album, uh, not the Blue Album, the Blue Album is the album they're best known for. Teal Album is what came out uh, this past Thursday, oddly. Uh, usually it's Friday things get uh, released, but it came out Thursday, 
and um, kind of a strange one. It's all covers. Didn't really know this was even coming out. It includes the recent cover of Africa. It does not include, you might think, from the car soundtrack that did a couple of uh, years ago. But, um, yeah, it's kind of a, a bit of a strange one. A fangirl doesn't care for it. Uh, nearly Liza doesn't really care for it. My wife and I were working from home the other day, and she said, oh, put the new Weezer album on, and, and we kind of liked it. I would say that the songs sound more like the originals than not. In other words, they really didn't Weezer them up so much as they tried to sound more like the original artists, uh, except for the uh, TLC cover, Scrubs. That sounds like it's been Weezered up, whereas they do a song of ha- uh, a cover of Happy Together by the Turtles, and it sounds just like the Turtles, basically. Um, what I'm going to play for you now is a song by ELO. Originally, it's called Mr. Blue Sky, one of my favorite 70s songs. And again, sounds closer to ELO than it does to Weezer, but it's still pretty cool, and it sounds just slightly more modern, although I still think the original holds up quite nicely, thank you. And uh, the thing I notice, you're not going to hear this part of at the, the song, because we're only going to play the 90-second clip under fair use, but uh, the very end of the ELO song, there's that little uh, robot voice that says Mr. Blue Sky. They did not actually do that in their part of the song. Weezer didn't, even though they did the whole album version. So anyway, uh, I dig this. Um, I didn't really like the cover of Take On Me on the album, I want to note, because Take On Me is a, cover, a song that's very difficult to cover. Didn't like Real Big Fish's version. Didn't mind when... Um, Pitbull, Mr. Worldwide, and uh, Christina Aguilera uh, used it in Feel This Moment, but they could have used anything. They could have used any riff from any song for it. I mean, it, it's not bad in there, but it doesn't, the best part of that song is Christina Aguilera's vocal and the melody, uh, not borrowing the, uh, the aha riff. So anyway, the Weezer take on me is fine. Again, it sounds like they were trying to be close to the original, slightly weasered up. They do an admirable job, but really, that's a song that is very, very difficult to cover and, and to top the aha version. As opposed to, like, I Fought the Law, as an example I always use, great covers by The Clash, Stray Cats, uh, Bobby Fuller, who actually is, did a cover of it, originally written by one of the crickets, uh, Sonny Curtis. So anyway, that's a song anybody can cover. Have had it if you're a, if you're a band. So anyway, back to the uh, Mr. Blue Sky. This is our song of the week on PFS Tape Recorder from the Teal album. It's Weezer covering ELO's Mr. Blue Sky. PFS Tape Recorder, so long and thanks for listening.